Well, uh, okay, let's, let's pray. Father, bless us and help us, Lord, as we come before you to study your word together tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 8, I wonder how many of you would have really known that if I hadn't told you that we were Exodus and then chapter 8. Frankly, I had to go to the Shiloh app and see which one I did last. I'm not, I'm not going to kid you there. So where, where am I on this thing? <laughs> well, you, God bless you. Uh, if when I don't, yeah, I need all the help I can get. Uh, Exodus eight, we're in the we're in the time of the uh, plagues, you know. So, oh, and uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm I take this directly from the Hebrew Bible, and the verses are not the same. Now, I think I'm starting with y'all. I think it's in chapter seven. To the Hebrew Bible is chapter 8 and verse 1, but chapter 7, maybe verse 26, I don't know, it says, uh, Yahweh said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch forth your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the canals, bring up frogs. What verse is that? That's chapters, huh? 19. 19? 19, 7, 19. Okay. All right, so you'll just follow along from there. I, my, my verses are different from y'all's. I, uh, I didn't really realize that until yesterday. And I thought, I wonder how, I think it was ESV. I said, I wonder how ESV translates. And when I couldn't, I said, well, good grief. I'm not even in the right chapter here somewhere. And I saw then, and I saw a footnote then on the Hebrew Bible that... that uh, All right. Verse, verse six is talking about Aaron stretching his hand over the waters of Egypt. Yeah, verse six. Chapter eight, verse six. Oh, okay. So, I, all right, I had it backwards. Y'all are. I'm behind y'all. What am I behind y'all or something? I don't know. Uh, just once you find, <laughs> once you find the verse, forget the number of the verse. Just Go to the next one when I go to the next one. Uh, that's true. If we were, if we were, if we, this really had been from Moses, we'd be rolling out a stretch of leather here and reading it like that without any numbers in there at all. Okay, so we're going to start at that verse, whatever it is. Verse, okay. You always said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch forth your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the canals and over the ponds and bring up frogs on the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched forth his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the necromancers, the uh, magicians, I, I, the rabbis translate that word necromancer which means to be able to to be able to do things by communicating with the dead necromancy um, so I think 
the, the word is a harsher word, really, than just magician. Um, and it, I think it's the reason I used the word that they use here is because it, it makes it so obvious that everything about the religious rituals of Egypt was steeped in demonic possession. I mean, this is just, this is just demon people. They just, they're, they're just hopeless. That's why they hated the Israelites so bad. The Israelites carried the promise of the Christ, and the devil doesn't like the promise of the Christ. He doesn't like the Lord's people. So uh, this is why there's such a division. Actually, that's why there was such a harsh division between Israel and everybody else in the Old Testament. And because God still has something great that he's going to show the world through Israel, um, you know, that's why they're still on the devil's hit list. Uh, so anyway, frogs came up everywhere. The necromancers did likewise with their secret rituals or rites, and they brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. <laughs> okay. It's, why? What, what? I think maybe... You should subtract the frogs if you want to really do a favor to Pharaoh, right? Don't double the amount of frogs. Good grief. This is not good. Uh, so I know from time to time at the office here, I get a green frog or two stuck to the glass. You're just stuck there. And I figure, well, he's eating mosquitoes or something. I'll leave him alone, you know. When I was a kid, I used to torture them, but I uh, see how long they last. But uh, I don't do that anymore. I'm tender-hearted. I don't even—I don't even like to hit a butterfly. I hit a butterfly, and those things go pew. You look in your rearview mirror, and he falls back there. So, oh man, another one bit the dust, and it's causing me. Uh, especially when you go—I'm <laughs> off key now. Especially when you go on this uh, this field trip that I went to the butterfly place up at. Botanical Garden, and they they teach you what all that little thing has to go through to become a butterfly. You know? I think, man, that's that's why should I take a life like that after all he's been through, just to get to that point, right? Now back to the frogs. Meanwhile, back in Egypt, <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking to myself, what are these little things are stuck everywhere? They're they're, they're all over the place. Well, let's, let's look here what it says. Um, well, I wanted to, first of all, let me show you. Is that showing up? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that a lovely lady? She's the Egyptian goddess of fertility and childbearing. She has a frog's head. <laughs> if, if Pharaoh kisses her, she'll turn back to a woman. No. Um, heck, heck. The, po the point I'm making here is that these symbols were very important to the culture and the very life of Egypt. We've talked about the, the, the God of the Nile and the blood and all that. Going to the next one, this is, this is like the essence of who we are, childbearing, fertility. Um, uh, what happens to a what happens to a uh, culture if if uh, if if the next generation isn't born right? So God is is frankly 
kicking every demon in line to the ground. He's just, he's just kicking him around. And the demon can't do anything about it. And in this case, uh, it's, it's this particular demon that has, has deceived these poor people into worshiping the goddess of fertility. So this, this goddess would have, of course, been in mind. I mean, these frogs represented their fertility, and now they're everywhere. Um, the, uh, he says, uh, they're, okay, you go to sleep at night. If you sleep with your mouth open, you get a frog in your mouth. You roll over, and you get about 25 ribbits. You know, you're crushing a frog. They're between the bed sheets. They're on your hair. They're on your toothbrush when you get up in the morning. And I learned, I learned early on, you know what they say about frogs and warts, right? Every time you pick up a frog, what does it do to you? Peas. Peas on you, yeah. It, oh, man. So you got millions and millions of frogs. Well, you know where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> this is just awful. <laughs> so, so, so uh, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, <laughs> the magicians, the magicians, oh, we could do that. Now, now the whole ground is replete with frogs everywhere. Um, thereupon, verse four, well, whatever your verse is, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, entreat Yahweh that he remove the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let out the people of Israel so that they may sacrifice to Yahweh. Now, you remember this whole thing started with that. If you, if you go back <laughs> two and a half months when we last met. Um, Moses said to Pharaoh, boast of your superiority over me. For when shall I entreat for you, for your servants and for your people, to destroy the frogs from you and from your houses, that they should remain only in the Nile? In other words, it's like... Uh, Pharaoh, you don't understand what's happening here. I'm, I, I'm, as far as humans go, I'm the one who's in charge. You, you're not really in charge. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you when, when I will entreat Yahweh. You won't tell me. And Pharaoh said, for tomorrow. And, he, and Moses said, as you say, in order that you should know that there is none like Yahweh our God, Yahweh el and the frogs will depart from you and from your houses and from your servants and from your people, and they will remain only in the Nile. Moses and Aaron went away from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to Yahweh concerning the frogs that he had brought upon Pharaoh. And Yahweh did according to Moses' word, and the frogs died from the houses and from the courtyards and from the fields. They gathered them into many heaps, and the land stank. Heaps, mounds, piles of dead frogs. The, the, the last may have been worse than the first. Yeah, you know, you, I don't know. Um, frogs are good for killing bugs, right? What else are they good for? Legs. Huh? Frog legs. Frog legs. I, I had a frog leg once. 
Yeah. Mine was kind of fishy tasting. Can I, you know, I got to check up on my, I've got to check up on the law of Moses. I'm not sure Hebrews can eat frogs. I don't think they can. Well, they're not kosher. I guess you could use them as bait for a big kosher fish. Now, now there's a question. What if you catch a kosher fish that has ingested an unclean bait? Huh? You better throw it back. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the biggest one I ever caught. Huh? Well, yeah, I guess if it's still on the hook. How do you know what kosher? Do you ask someone about the word? How do you know? No, it's in the Law of Moses. Do you ever read your Bible? <laughs> I know that like I know everything else. I read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not hard to do. That's right, yeah. I, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> so here they are. Heaps. Now this is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit of God, who was there at creation and participated in creation, when the Holy Spirit of God says, many heaps, that's a lot of dead frogs. That's not a that's not a man-made description. See, this is a this is God's description. Heaps and heaps of frogs. Um, there would have been a frog shortage after this, I guess. I don't know. But uh, they stank. So one misery gave way to another. Um, I, I would I I can't think that anybody would have enjoyed mounds of rotting frogs. When Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart, and he did not hearken to them as Yahweh had spoken. Yahweh said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch forth your staff, strike the dust of the earth, and it shall become lice throughout the entire land of Egypt. Lice or gnats. The, the word can be translated either way in, in Hebrew, lice. Um, I've never had lice. I've been around people who've had lice. I have walked, I have walked into a cloud of gnats. Yeah, and you start spitting them out. Now think of that. You just, yeah, you just think in your eyes, your nose, your ears. <laughs> See, why, what, what's the... What are they congregating in one area for? They're just waiting for me? So I think he goes this way every day. We're just gonna... Well, okay. Now, strike the dust of the earth. It shall become lice or gnats throughout the entire land of Egypt. Okay, now look at this old guy. This is Geb. He is the god of the earth, the Egyptian god of the earth. Now, what did the Lord just say? Strike the dust of the earth with your staff. So these things came up out of the dirt. 
this is the next demon of Egypt that God is going to kick to the ground. The God of Geb, the God of the earth. He looks like a man. I don't know. He looks like a human gnat, doesn't he? I don't know. I, um, but, of course, these paintings and carvings, they're actually all over the place on those Egyptian walls everywhere. Uh, and, and uh, <laughs> yes. Man, Egyptians must have had a ball at Halloween every year, you know? It, <laughs> literally. Huh? Well, that's a Celtic cross. He's from Wales. <laughs> it's probably the key to hell or something. Sure, it's not a frog gig. It could be. That's a frog gig in his left hand, I think. No, he's a window washer. That's a window washing thing. <laughs> this is, you know, Paul Harvey used to have knees and commentary. Well, this is Bible and commentary, okay? Uh, the, the, and, and you ask yourself the question, why has he got those things? You know, what, what good are those things to? I'm sure they had some kind of meaning. But this was, this was their God of the earth. It was up to him to bring, to make sure that the soil was, was prepared and could produce uh, whatever it needed to produce. So this time, Aaron strikes the dirt, and instead of getting, a, instead of getting corn and peas and everything else, gnats, lice. They did so, and Aaron stretched forth his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth, and the lice were upon man and beast. All the dust of the earth became lice throughout the entire land of Egypt. The necromancers did likewise with their secret rites to bring out the lice, but they could not. And the lice were upon man and beast. That's really... That's really by the grace of God that they were constrained and couldn't bring forth more lies. Um, now, you have to think about that. Um, covered with little bugs, um, chiggers, lice, I don't know, gnats. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a generic word. Um, and they're all, they're all over everybody. This this would be great. Discount. Look at this on man and beast. So the necromancers said to Pharaoh, "It's the finger of God." But, but Pharaoh's heart remained steadfast, and he did not hearken to them as Yahweh had spoken. Well. The priesthood of the demons, they're coming around. You know, they're beginning to say, <laughs> we've run out of tricks. We, we're, we're getting to where we can't really, sleight of hand or anything else is not, not working here on, on something like this. And Yahweh said to Moses, arise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Behold, he's going out to the water and you shall say to him, so said Yahweh. Let my people go out and serve me. For if you do not let my people go, behold, I will incite against you and against your servants and against your people and in your houses a mixture of noxious creatures. 
and the houses of Egypt will be filled with a mixture of noxious creatures as well as the land upon which they are. Now, he, he ought to believe this, right? Uh, that, that Yahweh is not uh, bluffing. And I will separate on that day the land of Goshen upon which my people stand, that there will be no mixture of noxious creatures there in order that you know that I am Yahweh in the midst of the earth. And I will make a redemption between my people and your people. This sign will come about tomorrow. Okay. God says, this plague is only going to go to the land of Egypt. It's not going to go into the land of Goshen. My people are there, and the plague is not for my people. It's for Egypt, and this is going to happen tomorrow. Yahweh did so, and a heavy mixture of noxious creatures came to Pharaoh's house and his servant's house throughout the entire land of Egypt, and the land was destroyed because of the mixture of noxious creatures. I forget, how, how, does, how does your Bible translate that word? Flies, Flies. okay, yeah. Um, and thereupon Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron, and he said, go sacrifice to your God in the land. Okay, so nasty flies. It's kind of a general term, um, but they're unclean things. You know, nobody wants to swallow a fly, right? Uh, green flies are more bitter than black flies. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, here's what he said. Pharaoh says, okay, go sacrifice to your God. What he say? In the land. He's, he's still putting conditions like he's in charge. So here's, here's how Moses responds. But Moses said, it is improper to do that. For we will sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to Yahweh our God. Will we sacrifice the deity of the Egyptians before their eyes and they'll not stone us? Let us go for a three-day journey in the desert and sacrifice to Yahweh our God as he will say to us. In other words, Pharaoh can't do this and we can't do it according to the rules of sacrifice in Egypt. We're going to have to do it our way according to the way Yahweh tells us to do it. Pharaoh said, I will let you go out and you will sacrifice to Yahweh your God in the desert. But do not go far away. Entreat him on my behalf. While you're out there, pray for me. That's really kind of funny. Um, Moses said, are y'all still in the same chapter? Chapter 8? Okay. Moses said, behold, I'm going away from you and I will entreat the Lord. I will entreat Yahweh. And the mixture of noxious creatures will depart from Pharaoh, from his servants and from his people tomorrow. Only let Pharaoh not tease anymore by not letting the people go to sacrifice to Yahweh. Moses went away from Pharaoh and entreated Yahweh. And Yahweh did according to Moses' word and he removed the mixture of noxious creatures from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one was left. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, and he did not let the people go. Now that's where I'm going to stop tonight. Do you still have verses left in your chapter? Oh, we've caught up with each other. Okay. All right.
but he did not let the people go. I think the point to remember, there's several points here. The first point is the all power of Yahweh. There's nothing that anybody can do in Egypt to stop Yahweh. There's nothing they can do. Even Pharaoh, with all of his hardness of his heart, now his, his false gods have collapsed and his priesthood to false gods, uh, they've all practically surrendered. There's nothing they can do. So, so Pharaoh now is, is resigned to lying about the whole thing. The second thing to note is that as Yahweh, as the power of Yahweh is made more visible to both the Egyptians and the Hebrews, so also is the weakness of Pharaoh. He is not a god. His word is not all-powerful. Um, now Moses is beginning to resist him and stand up against him. And he's beginning to say, you're acting like you're sovereign over me. You know, um, it's not, it's not going to work that way. So it's, of course, we know it's only going to get worse as this whole time comes. And it's cresc the crescendo will be all the way, of course, to when finally the land, the people, Pharaoh, the court, the power of Egypt, they are all broken, finally. But when they get to that point, if you look back, it's, it's just... It's just a trail of destruction and misery because of the hardness of Pharaoh's heart and the unstoppable, irrevocable purpose of Yahweh in redeeming his people. The time has come. It's time for his people to come out of there and head to their land. Uh, and the purpose of God will be accomplished. Uh, we're talking a lot on Sunday mornings about the kingdom. This whole thing since the early part of Genesis, the whole thing is the march of humanity uh, under the direction of God by the purpose and plan of God to the kingdom, marching to the kingdom. Well, let's pray. We'll stop there. Father, how we love you and how we marvel at your word, the great power that you have, Lord. We know that the nations are acting so foolishly today, thinking that they can command their own futures, their own destinies. That individuals are so foolish that they think they can command their individual destinies. God, thank you that you've called us to yourself and you've made us to realize how powerful and wonderfully great you are and help us and have helped us to understand and know that all things work to your glory. And so, Father, we just pray that you'll bless us and help us so that we can proclaim this truth to this world in which we live. In Jesus' name, amen.